Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Ready to stand out, Army ROTC prepares you not only as a college student, but as a strong leader, allowing you to earn the rank of second lieutenant. You will be eligible for full tuition, merit-based scholarships, and develop leadership skills essential for your future. Start strong and enhance your college experience. Visit your campus Army ROTC representative today. To find out how you can earn up to a full tuition scholarship, visit GoArmy.com podcast to locate your closest ROTC program today. Army officers inspire strength in others. Paid for by the United States Army. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of dollarshaveclub.com. What is dollarshaveclub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. Each razor has stainless steel blades and aloe vera lubricating strip and a pivot head. It's so gentle a toddler could use it. And do you like spending $20 a month on brand name razors? 19 go to Roger Federer. I'm good at tennis. And do you think your razor needs a vibrating handle, a flashlight, a back scratcher, and 10 blades? Your handsome-ass grandfather had one blade and polio. Looking good, pop-up! Stop paying for shave tech you don't need. And stop forgetting to buy your blades every month. Alejandro and I are going to ship them right to you. We're not just selling razors. We're also making new jobs. Alejandro, what were you doing last month? Not working. What are you doing now? Working. I'm no Vanderbilt, but this train makes hay. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are dollarshaveclub.com and the party is on. My son was in the army back during Desert Storm. But even then, he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq. Grantham University. 
Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree, too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now. 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible. Affordable. Relevant. Call 800-910-1370. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-783-0810 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-783-0810. Again, that's 800-783-0810. The following program contains coarse language, adult themes, and references to messianic erotica. Listener discretion is advised. Saturday night. It is juxtaposition night, like right here live on KLRN Radio. We are America's Podcast Network. I am one half of the crew, Mr. Rick Robinson. He's the other half of the standard crew around these here parts, and he is the one, the only, Ordnance J. Packard Esquire. Good evening, sir. How are you? I am upset. I am personally unfounded that a state and flyover country can get 25 milligram edibles. And in California, the home of legalizing pot, we can only get tens. What the <laughs> shit is that? <laughs> Bitter party of one, your table's waiting. Bitter party of one, your table's waiting. I mean, okay, so it's like we were talking about, like in California, you can get a brick of like 10, so 10, 10 milligrams, and you just want to sit there and you want to chew 10 gummies you can get the full 100 milligrams they can't sell in 100 mil um blocks but still the fact that you can get a 25 mil gummy in oklahoma just the fuck i i I get (laughs) i can get 10 of them at a time at 25 a piece california's stupid (laughs) 
How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. So, uh, yeah, what what brought up this topic is already there for a second. Was afraid he was going to have to carry the whole show because I told him. I said, you know, about thirty minutes ago, I took an edible because I didn't expect it to hit this fast. He's like, ah, crap. He's <laughs> <that> saying <laughs> shit. So then I told him how many milligrams. I said, yeah, I'll be fine. It's only a twenty-five. He's like, wait, you took twenty-five all at once? You could do that? It's like, yeah, it's a twenty-five milligram gummy. He's like. I hate you. So, yeah, anyway. People wouldn't do that, would they? Just go on the internet and take 25 milligrams before going? (laughs) Anyway, no, that's awesome. I mean, California's stupid. (laughs) But, no, that's awesome. See, this goes to show you that even with the progressive, you know, bullshit that is California... They still have to regulate you. They still have to nanny you. Oh, look, we want you to have all of this freedom where you can do all the drugs and get all the abortions and everything you want, but we still have to regulate you that you can only get a little bit. We're going to have to... Just the tip. We're going to have to dole your party out to you, man. We don't don't trust you to be able to handle it, so you can only get up to 10 milligrams at a time, up to 10 of those. Because, yeah, you know... (sighs) Anyway... Well, this show yeah. t- this show took a left turn really quick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know what? We're ditching the topic. Edibles. What are they? How are they? Yeah. The one thing we were talking about too was my back pain this week because I now have a job that requires a DOT license. They don't recognize state laws, it's a federal thing, so I can't take gummies or any you know Delta Eights or any anything like that. So, and it would have been awesome for my back pain this week. Yeah. But whatever. You know. Thank you, federal government. You all burn in hell. <laughs> yeah, I. So, and this is something else that I didn't really don't didn't really understand. So, you know, every all the Democrats were like, that should be federally legal, and they were they like had control of everything for like forever and didn't do nothing. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> they they've had control for fifteen. Yeah. Of the last 18 years? Uh-huh. And... Oh, okay, that's, that's an exaggeration. So we'll call that, no, 11 of the last 16 years. They have had full control of, well, almost full control of all three houses, but um, all three chambers. But that just goes to show you they don't care. They don't want you to chew. They just tell you. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they just want you. They get you to vote for them in any way. 25 milligrams? <laughs> 25 milligrams. What can you get in a tincture? Like, how many mils are in a dropper? Uh, I don't know, because I actually only ever smoke or use edibles. I haven't really done any of the other stuff. So One of the things I found when I was having dental problems, I'd take some tincture and drop it on, like, um piece of licorice, like really good licorice, like wallabies or something. And then it could sit in your mouth for a while, and, you know, it was, you know, chew it. Yeah, they have I think that. that's 100 mil, too, because I think it's the, they recommend one mil drops. So... But yeah, they have some. Anyway. they have some. They have some kick-ass pre-rolls here too. Mm. Yeah. See, I couldn't smoke anymore. I my the reason why because once I started using edibles, I I realized I had just spent all of COVID quitting smoking, <laughs> all of the lockdowns, removing myself from all the triggers from smoking cigarettes. I was not about to go back and start smoking pot again because it, I could, and then just open up that can of worms so that's my control pat myself on the back 
well, I mean, yeah, if it, if it doesn't work for you. But yeah, I, I love the pre-rolls because they're, they're like anywhere between like 46 to 50% most of the time. And they have these infused ones that have like the, the actual, so it has like regular flour inside, right? And on the papers, they have the infused wax stuff that they use the pens for sure. that I can't think of what the hell they call it when they hit those. Um, but yeah, th those things are amazing because it's a quick hit and then you kind of get a longer lasting hit like an edible. And I'm like, oh, I like this. Anyway, I'm going yeah. to smoke again for the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, we're talking the real ones, not the Delta 8s. Yeah, yes. no, yeah, no th th these are real. Uh, By the way, I, I got to give a shout out to Jeff because I don't know if you saw the player in chat. And I don't know, he may have done it a while ago. I just noticed it today. But he's got the whole St. Pat's theme going on there for March. That's awesome. Good work, Jeff. You do it. You constantly amaze me with what you do with the chat player. It's fantastic. Yeah, he does do some amazing stuff. Yeah. Good, he's on our side. For now. You know, he, he's an alien. So anyway. He's an alien. I keep waiting for the overlord to tell him that he has to switch sides. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I just, it, it's kind of like in uh, Coneheads. You know, you're one of the good ones. Your name will be on the protected scrolls when the invasion fleet arrives. Yeah, starting to feel that. Just the same. So, yeah, what else could go wrong? Anyway, so we've talked a lot about uh, gummies and edibles and, you know, legalized marijuana. Um, but we need to get into the actual topic tonight. And this one came to me, and I brought you this one. Mickey Blowtorch just texted it to me a while back going, hey, here's just an idea if you guys want to consider it. And I started looking into it, and it is just a bizarre thing. I mean, it's cool, and, you know, but... Uh, well, yeah, it's cool, and it's yeah. position-worthy, but honestly, I had never really heard of it before either until you, like, mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. I was like, what the hell? But, yeah, no, this I mean, is... Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've heard of it, like, a little bit, like, around Vatican City and things, but I've never actually heard of it. And, you know, there was, you know, references to it around the 1200s, you know, and around the times of the Crusades and everything that, okay, I, I can see that because you're there fighting a holy war, war is hell, you snap, and all of a sudden you become this messianic figure. And, but I, I didn't realize that this happens to dozens of people a year who visit the holy cities. Yeah, I, I think it, the last time I saw any figures on it were from like, I think 2018, 2019, and it was apparently happening to up to 200 visitors a year. That's a crazy That's number. just... That's just insane. So what the Jerusalem syndrome is, in a nutshell it, is um, people when visiting the Holy Land become so overwhelmed with the whole experience. It's it's not uncommon to see people crying when they're going through the Holy Sepulchre or along the Wailing. It's because this has been a pilgrimage for them. And in a lot of, you know, in a lot of cases, it's not just tourists, but it's also pilgrims. But in studying this phenomenon... 85% of the people who experienced it had some sort of mental, not really an illness, but you know, just kind of like you know, an obsessive compulsive disorder or something like that. But 15% of people who, who have experienced this have no history of mental illness whatsoever, not just themselves and their family. And they all of a sudden take on either disassociated psychosis where they believe they're one of the biblical figures like Mary Magdalene or Christ or Moses. Um, or they'll believe that God told them to renounce all of their everything and live there. And th then they just become one, one of the homeless in Jerusalem, but they've, you know, it's 
in some cases, even having to be told, hey, God wants you to eat. You, you are allowed to possess food kind of thing. And it's just a total psychotic break. Yeah, well, the funniest thing about this is, is, you know, first thing you think of when you hear something called Jerusalem Syndrome is you could start thinking about crazy Christians. But the interesting thing is this actually this actually influences all of the, the Messianic religions. Uh, 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 Jewish, well, not Jew, uh, well, the Abrahamic religion. Yeah, no, I Jew- I say. Yeah, um, no, no yeah. it was Jewish, uh, Christian, um, Islam. Yeah, 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 the the cluster is typically called Abramic because they all have that that one central figure in common. Um, But yeah, it it impacts all of them uh, equally. Um, Well, I don't necessarily know about equally, but it does impact all of them. The interesting thing is for like the Jews, they usually envision themselves being like King David or even the Messiah himself. And for most Christians, it's usually um, one of the more prominent New Testament, you know, biblical heroes or something and then you've got pretty much every muslim is like oh i'm muhammad <laughs> right yeah but Which, yeah and you know it, it's kind of funny is one of the art you know one of the articles that was breaking this down actually it was i think it was even psycho psycho psychology today where i was reading where they were talking about how and it doesn't even bother them when they run into someone else suffering from the same affliction who is believes they're the same character you know, it's like if two Christs run into each other, it, they just don't even recognize it. They just move past it. They don't recognize that, hey, you know, this person is impersonating me or that kind. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or this person is mocking me. They just, oh, you know, hi Christ, hi Christ, and walk, you know, that kind of thing. It's it's totally it, it's totally normal. You know, for them, this is a, just another day in Jerusalem. It's like that old Looney Tunes cartoon. Remember the one, and, and I don't know why this the stuff like that always makes me think of that. But you remember the one where it's like the sheepdog and the coyote. It, it's not Roadrunner, but it's actually the one with like the sheepdog on it and the coyote, and they're clocking in, clocking out. And it's like they walk yeah. past each other all all day, every day, as they're clocking in, clocking out, and they're all fine. And then as soon as they get in there, it's like trying to kill each other. I don't know for some reason. Yeah, those that that made me think of that visualization. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like two lawyers going to work, you know, prosecutor and defense attorney going to work, you know, against each other. It's like in the courtroom, they just battle it out, and you, know, you think they hate each other, but or like you know, politicians. And then at the end of the day, they're having beers together. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about with that. So, but the most recent or the, the big, the biggest publicized story most recently happened in 2017, and this was with a British uh, tourist named Oliver McAfee. And he went missing outside of uh, Jerusalem. He was a devout Christian. 
and he was going he was planning on doing a bike trip through the Negev Desert and he was supposed to end with his arrival in Jerusalem and along his path they started finding missing pages of his bible just set under a rock that referenced Jesus's 40 days out in the desert and he has been not and he has not been found since yeah, last I heard, it's, it's a big missing person case. But... I'm sorry. I was gonna say, yeah, if I remember, yeah, if I remember reading that right, I think he's actually still missing. I don't think they've ever found him. And as of the publications I read, he, they haven't either. So, yeah, it's it, it, the thing. The, the other thing I find fascinating about this is because this is a very unique thing, and it's not just tied into Jerusalem. We'll talk about a couple other places that have this too, but. It's a unique enough experience, but it still doesn't rate itself to be in the DSM-5. It's they, they try to just classify it as other things, even though it isn't any of these other things. Yes, it's a disassociative um, psychotic break, but it's a very specific one. It's not, you know, um, Messiah complex. I mean, it is on levels of Messiah complex where you believe you're the Messiah, but you're not believing you're performing miracles. You are going through the trials and tribulations of the Messiah. Uh, it's just very, it it really should be its own, it, it's becoming common enough, I would think, that you that this should be its own uh, category, the way that this is just so specific to a very type of people. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised it hasn't made the cut yet. I can't really find any, at least explanations to me that make sense as to why it hasn't, because they're acting like it's just not common enough, and I'm like, dude, if it's happening to that many people every year... Pretty sure that's a, a pretty. I mean, two hundred. Think about that though. Two hundred people a year, basically having a dissociative break. How, how many bipolar people are there on the planet right now? And it is. And you're talking about a two hundred per year rollover rate. Some of these people never recover. Like, I mean, were they just or like the yeah. one guy where they probably where he probably actually just wandered off and died. Yeah, and, and that's you know. Again, you can't even say, well, you know, it's unique to the Christian faith because, like we talked about with you know followers of Judaism, they believe they're King David or Elijah, and it just it's just stunning that it can happen to anybody of any walk of life. They just arrive in the holy city, and then just the overwhelming nature of that breaks them. And see, now I'm scared because I've always wanted to actually go there, and I'm afraid I'd be one of the people that would go nuts when I got there. Anyway. And the other thing too is it, it's only unique to tourists. Yeah, I was kind of tourists and pilgrims. But you, I mean, you think about that. You'd think if you lived in Jerusalem, if you were just washed in that all of the time. I mean, I understand you can become pretty jaded. To I mean, I I, I live in the Ansel Adams wilderness. I understand you can become jaded to the absolute stunning, overwhelming being of something. But still, this is this is the holy city. You are in the holy city. And if you're there, you probably believe in one of the three major faiths. Well, yeah, I, I, the only reason I can think of that it, that it only happens to tourists, um, because, I mean, it's not really so much about becoming jaded about what the, the surroundings as much as it, as it is becoming desensitized to it, because you're in it all the time. I, I just, I, I don't think for those that live there that, that it has some of the same magic appeal that it does for those that, that are making pilgrimages or, you know, finally getting to take their vacation in the Holy Land or this, that, and the other. Um, so, I mean, it kind of makes sense that it only happens to tourists. I, I would be surprised if there weren't at least some local cases, but it's weird because they don't seem to count any of them as local. So, 
You know, what I found interesting was a lot of the symptoms of it too. You know, it's these are things that are common with uh, everybody who gets the affliction. Is it'll start out with an anxiety or nervousness, and then feelings of wanting to separate from the group and go it alone. Then there will be an obsessive need for cleanliness and hygiene, continually washing hands and body, and a need for purification. Uh, continuous repetition of the same psalms and prayers for fear of having not recited them with due devotion. Um, preparation of long white robes. Uh, they talk about often um, hotel rooms having uh, bed sheets or curtains missing um, with people who become afflicted with this. And uh, then, it, then it begins the conviction of being a biblical character and obsessive obligation to the religious practices that they would follow. Which is funny because that's kind of a slow boil. Yeah. And I like that at any point, anybody in the group who starts to see this behavior, if you know that it's something that, if you know it's a thing, which neither of us did before this was brought to our attention, you can be like, hey, um, you know, we're going to go over to uh, Beth Israel over here, and uh, I, I just need you to talk to some guys in some lab coats. And just, you know. We've got some guys in some white coats with a fishnet that would really like to talk to you. A really cool <laughs> part of the tour. You're going to dig it. But let's go do this thing. And then... We've yeah, not, I just... We've now reached the electroshock therapy portion of the tour, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, and the main therapy for it is getting them out of the... Um, a lot of people, when they come down... Once they get away from Jerusalem, then not only do they start to return to normal, but they also are very embarrassed about their behavior. Like, more so than you'd be like, whoa, I just kind of lost my shit for a minute. But they're very... A shame. Oh, yeah, no. That, can you imagine, though? Like, especially going... It, it would be one thing if it was just, like, you and your spouse or something. I mean, you're never going to live that down, for one. But could you imagine, like, being part of, like... A oh, look who's come to breakfast, the Messiah. <laughs> can you imagine being part of we like, a huge tour group, though, and they just watch you lose your shit, and then all the way home, they're just, like, looking at you, and you're like, oh, man, I feel so terrible. But, yeah, could you imagine being married to somebody that, that went through that? I, I just... Especially if it would now, it would be one thing, and and this is just how it is, as I've noticed. If it was a, if it was a wife that was afflicted, the husband would be like all nurturing and stuff. The wife's gonna be like, "What the fuck is your problem?" <laughs> it, well, okay, that better party of one. Um, no, you're not because, because you know, I, I I know that my if it had occurred to me. You know, my, the first thing that my first ex-wife would have said is, so are we having bacon this morning, or are you still not doing that pork thing? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, no. So, see, yeah. That's, that's, when you could yeah. Pulled, that's when you could have pulled, what, what, what verse is that? Mark something or other, where Jesus declares yeah. all food's clean. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, and, you know, when we talk about the other places this affliction hits, too, you kind of see why this is I mean I, I still think it should definitely be on the DSM um, but you can see how people can become overwhelmed normal people too can just become suddenly overwhelmed if this has been I mean yeah I would love to go see the holy city too but I also know that um, that's a crapshoot you, so you know it's kind of like it, I, I haven't built it up as you know something major I have to do in my life I would like to but it's not something you know I have to. But if this is something like, you know, you worked your whole life to go do, 
um, I can easily see how this could um, overwhelm someone. Oh, sorry. I muted myself because I was coughing and I forgot. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, we're already at the top and bottom of the hour. We might as well take the break and then come back with the rest of it. Wow, that was quick. Yeah, let's do that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We've still got a couple other places, and then I think we have a surprise at the end if we still have time, but uh, we'll see. Yes, we do. Well, we were the last show. We have all the time we want. Oh, this is true. I always forget that part. Anyway. All right. You fade out. Well, you know. Fucking hippie. (laughs) You're you're just so bad because I can get 25. All right, folks. We'll be right back. You are listening to Juxtaposition right here live on KLRM Radio. Saturday night. What are y'all up to? I'm uh, having a little fun, maybe had a little edible, talking about weird shit. We'll be right back. Stick to I'm up to 510. I'm waking up to ash and dust. I wipe my brow and I sweat my rust. I'm breathing in the chemicals. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Ready to stand out, Army ROTC prepares you not only as a college student, but as a strong leader, allowing you to earn the rank of second lieutenant. You will be eligible for full tuition, merit-based scholarships, and develop leadership skills essential for your future. Start strong and enhance your college experience. Visit your campus Army ROTC representative today. To find out how you can earn up to a full tuition scholarship, visit GoArmy.com slash podcast to locate your closest ROTC program today. Army officers inspire strength in others. Paid for by the United States Army. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of dollarshaveclub.com. What is dollarshaveclub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. Each razor has stainless steel blades and aloe vera lubricating strip and a pivot head. It's so gentle a toddler could use it. And do you like spending $20 a month on brand name razors? 19 go to Roger Federer. I'm good at tennis. And do you think your razor needs a vibrating handle, a flashlight, a back scratcher, and 10 blades? Your handsome-ass grandfather had one blade and polio. Looking good, Pop-Pop! Stop paying for shave tech you don't need. And stop forgetting to buy your blades every month. Alejandro and I are going to ship them right to you. We're not just selling razors. We're also making new jobs. Alejandro, what were you doing last month? Not working. What are you doing now? Working. I'm no Vanderbilt, but this train makes hay. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are dollarshaveclub.com and the party is on.
My son was in the Army back during Desert Storm, but even then he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq. Grantham University. Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now. 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible. Affordable. Relevant. Call 800-910-1370. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-783-0810 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-783-0810. Again, that's 800-783-0810. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen. Believe it or not, we're already about halfway through juxtaposition, although I guess if we need an extra few minutes, we can always take them. But yeah, we're up through the halfway point of the usual mark of the show by now. Um, and we are here, we are live, and it is Saturday night on KLRN Radio. I don't know, it feels like it's been a while. feels like it's been a while since we've done this. Maybe it's because I was out of town for a week. Yeah, you're right. Well, this time last, I mean, the last time we were supposed to do the show, you were out in Mardi Gras getting beads, so or giving away beads. So that was um, maybe no. getting beads. That would have been, I, but uh, I was, giving away I, beads I and was getting, uh, I was getting, yeah, you know, I, I so. got beads too, sir. Okay. Don't ask no tell. <laughs> I, I don't judge. <laughs> so in the last half, we were talking about the Jerusalem syndrome, and I, I guess. Fortunately, unfortunately, whatever. It while it is a unique condition, it, it is not unique in its location. Another one we're going to be talking about is the um, Stendhal syndrome, which and this is named after French writer Marie Henry Boyle, better known as Stendhal, who in 1817 wrote of his trip to the Tuscan capital of Florence. 
um, where he was in a sort of ecstasy from the idea of being in Florence. He was seized with fierce palpitations of the heart. The wellspring of life was dried up within me, and he walked in constant fear of falling to the ground. And this is also not uncommon. And people attribute it to being overwhelmed with the embarrassment of fine art that Florence has. All of the Renaissance greats have works there. Da Vinci, Michelangelo, uh, just, uh, every, everywhere you go is just some of the pinnacle of humanity's artwork. And this also causes people to literally have heart attacks. Not figuratively, actually have heart attacks while viewing and panic attacks and everything else while viewing the art. That's uh, so. So the first one makes sense to me, honestly. This one, I don't. I've I've been through a few museums. I can't really see getting that worked out. I. No, I can't. <laughs> I, I I don't have the art thing in me. I mean, I can appreciate it for what it is. I know good art versus crap. I know art is object, subjective, but still. Um, but still, an example is um, gazing up at Leonardo da Vinci's Adoration of the Magi. Yeah. That is one of the pieces that um, is known to cause this affliction. And, you know, in, in the corridors of the Uffizi Gallery... People often complain about stuff, and it's not even like when the tours are cramped, you know, when the place is just packed. People complain about anxiety, panic attacks, their hearts pounding, their knees getting weak. Um, you know, it just, it, it it's similar, you know, not a complete dissociative break, but also some people do wander around saying they are Da Vinci and Michelangelo and such. So maybe there is that on some level. But in this one, it's kind of like a, um, you know when, like, is it Pentecostal that you know they they'll do the speaking in tongues and yeah. you know the the passing out the fainting mm-hmm. laying in hands and all that yeah. the fainting part of that that is what sounds like you know, they're just so taken up in the moment they're just such you know between the art and the religious significance of all these pieces they just so pass out. So I only have one question: Do any of yeah. the Da Vinci's look like John Reese Davies? <laughs> you know what? That was. I, I wish they had carried that on more. That was actually one of the more interesting hollow programs of D, of uh, Voyager. He actually wasn't a couple of my favorite one was when he got kidnapped. And, you know that they well they, not really he got kidnapped, but they like hijacked the computer core. So he, he wound up yeah. being on a completely different planet and got lo- somehow he got loaded into the doctor's hollow emitter. So he's just running around all over. Yeah, that was that was probably my favorite yeah. one of those. But yeah, no, I just, yeah. as soon as you said Da Vinci, it was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, damn, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> but this also happens in about 10 or 20 times a year. Um, and this goes into what I was talking about, who people who spend their entire lives waiting to go to Tuscany. And these iconic, the, the Bordicellis, the David, they're just so overwhelming that these people just lose their bearings and just break down. Yeah, I... I don't know. Again, I mean, I've never been there, so I can't say it would never happen to me, but I, I, I 
I, I, I'm not sure I would get that overwhelmed. I do think it's weird, though, I mean, if you think about it, where all the, all the places that we're talking about this today are really steeped in the Christian faith. Yeah, and that, I mean, you know, and th- this one um, case, uh, Carl Osman Roney, he was a 68-year-old man from from the Tuscan town of, you know, Rapoli. He, so it's not like he's, you know, not in familiar with the area. Uh, but he said when he was in the Uffizi, uh, he approached Botticelli's The Birth of the Venus, and while admiring the wonder, it, all of his memories vanished and he collapsed. He, he just felt like he was a blank slate for a minute and then woke up in the hospital. I mean, this is somebody who's in the area. So this is even more so than the Jerusalem effect. Yeah, I was going to say that. That was the one thing that I noticed that was different, is it actually does sometimes affect locals. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, and, and I, get into, I get the visceral reaction to art. Um, and that doesn't necessarily constitute a psychiatric work disorder. <laughs> but um, this is more than that. And know, again... Dude. This, this, along with the Jerusalem Syndrome, should be on the DSM. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's one thing to have a visceral reaction to art. That's actually the whole purpose of art, is it speaks right. to people. That's why art is subjective, because some art speaks to some people and doesn't speak to others. But the whole idea of being so, like, enamored with a piece that suddenly you have convinced yourself you're the guy who made it, eh, no, that, that's, that's pretty dissociative to me. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Now the other one, this one I find fascinating because well, on two levels, because it's kind of the opposite of the other ones that we've talked about. And this one is strangely, it's not unique to Japanese tourists, but it happens to them on an order of magnitude higher than anybody else. And that is the Paris syndrome. And this is one that is actually a culture shock. This is one that people spend their entire lives fantasizing, idealizing Paris. Because every picture you see of Paris, you'll see this beautiful Eiffel Tower with canals and everything else leading, you know, and all of it. And the the city is all in the same Baroque style of architecture, and it's all very clean and perfect. And then you get there, and you smell the subways, you smell the residents, you see the homeless, you see... And they, you have a break. It is a complete culture shock that this city that you have idolized your entire life is no different than any other city you've ever been in. And some people can't handle it. Yeah, and what I found, the thing I found interesting that, and I didn't really see a reason why, is why it happens to Japanese tourists more often than, you say, American tourists or, you know, tourists from anywhere else it, it, it the, the complete breakdown of culture shock where they just become neatonic when they realize that the city doesn't live up to what they've thought is almost uniquely japanese well i i yeah i i am a gaijin but i think i may um, i may understand a little bit of that think about how how high stress the japanese society is to begin with and think about how okay. how every aspect every aspect of their culture, and it, it has had some westernization, but every aspect of their culture revolves around perfectionism. Everything about their about their about the early Japanese history was all about you had to be perfect. 
if you if you if you even dishonored your family, you had to commit suicide. I mean, th- and you know what's funny is that they've even found a way around it. It's like being a woodworker. They, in some Japanese woodworking, they will put an intentional flaw in it because even imperfection is perfection. It is an intentional flaw. They will, or even if it's not intentional, if it's just a misstroke of the chisel, they won't repair it because that's the perfection. Yeah. But, um, but it's that just, was meant to happen. But yeah, it's just part of. I, I think it's part of their overall culture. And then so when they get somewhere and they've built it up into their head, then it doesn't meet expectations. I mean, most Japanese people that I've ever met are about five seconds away from a nervous breakdown. Anyway, let's face it. I, the ones I know are probably more chill, but that they they're not. They're not. Um, no, actually, I take that back. A lot of the tourists I met were very nearly uptight which is funny because you think that would be the absolute but okay so i can see your point of that is that you know, they have this well seemingly on you know the skin ordered society and then they think they're going to get to some cafe on the champs-elysees sip some wine and it's going to be their idyllic rest and it's just another noisy fucking city and not only that think about how much money they spent to get there so, so I mean, and just think about this even from our perspective, because that that was my thing. I I've never been to Paris, but I know people that have been there, and I know people from there. And I remember one of the first things, culture shock wise, was you know having friends that had traveled Europe, and you know you go to Spain and you try to speak the language, and they adore you for it. You go to France and you try to speak the language, and you get it wrong, they will run you out of the fucking town. <laughs> Just literally, we speak English. Stop it. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, please stop butchering. My- so I, so I, I, I kind of get it because you know you you you've built up in your head what this vacation is gonna be, and then you get there and it's not. I, I think we've all had that to a lesser degree. Because I mean, come on, th- th- think about this though. It, it's literally, literally the 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 theme oh to God. the to the first um. Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation movie, but Japanese style. Okay. <laughs> so I know I just you know I just cast back in time to how much Ron would have been losing his shit in chat with you saying literally twice. That's why I, that's why I said that. Oh my god! I just I went back in time and just was seeing chat scroll with screams of anguish. Miss you, Ron. That's actually kind of why I did it. I will throw that in randomly just to see if anybody still notices or like you know Ron would be having a cow right now. Honestly, Sorry, I folks. Moots out French should have told you the park's closed. <laughs> I did eventually break him of that. Once I started doing actual live radio and I did it, he's like, you know what? I quit. You're incurable. I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so the last one, and this one I found kind of interesting. I don't think I sent you a link on this because it was just so small. And it, this one is definitely a, no, they had problems before they got there. But there is also White House syndrome where when people who, again, have always wanted to go to the White House to check it out, and they go on the tour, after completing the tour, they think they're one of the presidents and start walking around like they are the president. And you cannot convince them they are not the president. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, boy, that that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, that would be, how'd you like to be on the tour with that guy? <laughs> So all of a sudden, you know, by the time you're reaching the East Wing, it's like, oh, God, I'm in here with Rutherford B.A.'s for four days anyway. 
Oh, that could could you imagine though? Like you know, you finally you you by not being the person afflicted with it, you finally get to go see the White House. You're you're finally getting to live all this history. And somebody on the tour suddenly decides they're George fucking Washington. Always got to be that guy. <laughs> but you know, and all of these things. I know that they have parallels. I've talked, I've said this enough. But they all have parallels on the DSM, but they are all geographically unique. So you know, it's not like that joke in Ghostbusters. Well, my uncle thought he was Saint Jerome. You know that that's a dissociative break. This is you're fine until you get to the location, then you lose your shit. Uh, yeah. I got, I, got, I got nothing. <laughs> you got nothing? I got nothing. I don't know. I mean, I, I think one of the reasons that I can relate with these syndromes so much is my day job makes me a little crazy every day. So I, I, I can kind of see where, you know, just you hit an overload point. Especially from the I just, I, you know, I, the I'm just thankful in my area that people don't suddenly fancy themselves like John Muir, Ansel Adams, or the Donner Party. Now in your area, you just worry about homeless people flinging, flinging poo at you. That's on the other side. I, I got the Sierra Nevada break. I'm good. Yeah, I'm up in the wilderness, so that's you know. I mean, I, I'm in the uh, you know Ansel Adams wilderness. So yeah, speaking of which, there is a convention of some kind coming up soon that's actually supposed to be in the Vegas area. I think I'm going to try to go to that one. It's not as I heard CPAC might go there next year or something. No, I don't think it was CPAC. It was one of the other ones. I think. Um, but yeah, I, it, I think I'm going to start to get to that one this next I year. I can shoot over for that. Yeah, the, that's, the, that, that's not as big of a trek to get from here to D.C. Um, See, not, and that's what I've been saying when everybody says, hey, you got to go to CPAC with us. Do like, you know what it's like getting from California to the East Coast? <laughs> well, that's four days. I, I actually, I, I was going to go, I was meeting some friends in New York City right before 9-11. And... Southwest changed my itinerary to the point that I would have spent three of the four days in layovers and an actual six hours in New York City, and then I'm the asshole for canceling my tickets with Southwest, and they didn't want to give me a refund. I actually had to prove to them what a ridiculous burden this trip would have been. They they did give me a refund eventually, because obviously, I mean, common sense. Yeah, three and a half days sitting in airports and layovers to go spend six hours in New York. But yes, if you... Flying... West to east, you, apparently you got to put up with a lot more bullshit than flying east to west because everywhere goes to Vegas, but Vegas doesn't go to everywhere. Apparently. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I don't know how you all get home. I really don't. So Jeff has an interesting question, if, if I'm reading yes. it correctly. Um, the areas where these people have like these weird afflictions, what is there like a? We need to look to see if there's like a ley line map overlay to see. Ley lines, if, yeah, you know, yeah. I was, uh, that was an yeah. that was an angle I hadn't considered, or I would have researched that today. Damn it, Jeff! You have access to the juxtaposition chat. Drop these questions. We would love to have dug into that. Yeah, I mean, it would, it would, it would have been interesting to look to see if there was any type of a ley line correlation. Because I mean, I feel bad. My chat froze. I didn't see any of this. Mine did. Okay, getting back. To... Yeah, no, usually no, I'm no. the one with nothing working right. <laughs> Well, no, it, this was me because I scrolled up and then I forgot to scroll back down. I accidentally hit the scroll wheel on my. That was my, entirely my fault. Nice. 
But yeah, I thought chat froze. We were just having one of those nights where everybody was so wrapped with our words that they weren't typing. That usually means they've happened. fallen asleep. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, we've hit that point. So I know there's at least one more thing you wanted to hit on on the way out the door. Yeah, this one, speaking of Jeff, um, he dropped this in the juxtaposition chat uh, a couple weeks ago before, you know, when we were talking about, before I realized, oh, no, this is your uh, Mardi Gras week. Um, a new scientist um, publication, uh, their investigators are trying to prove that Bigfoot sightings only arise when there are over 900 black bears in the area. Yeah, I... and they're they're using this as a way to track the abundance of the American black bear, um, because the trend seems to be holding. Uh, the irony is, I was just watching a show about werewolves where they kept blaming the American black bear for the for the attacks. So I was like, that's just kind of funny, um, but I I never really even thought about that. But it's weird that they found that correlation though. Well, you know, and so we've often talked about the correlation of UFO sightings and Bigfoot sightings crossing over. But the one thing I found fascinating about this, too, the first thing that popped into my head when I read that is, does that mean that that is a food supply that is large enough to sustain a Sasquatch population? Hmm, that's an interesting thought. I hadn't even thought that that's a direction I didn't go with it. I was trying to figure out why that would be so significant, but I guess you do have a valid point there. I mean, it's you know they, you, the the angle of the scientists is that you know it's you know people are seeing black bears and mistaking them for Bigfoot. I'm thinking we we've already you know established on the show pretty well that um, the myth carries a lot stronger than science wants to uh, let on. So I'm going with food supply. Quite possibly, because yeah, even I mean, if it's a secondary food supply where the black bears and the sasquatch eat the same thing, so yeah, they're in the competition for the food. But that food is so abundant there that the black bear population can grow, so can the sasquatch population. Hmm. I I assumed you thought maybe they were eating the bears. Well, there's both. There's both. They're either eating the bears or they share. They have a similar diet. That's true. Because I mean, I've always kind of wondered. What the Sasquatch, Sasquatch diet would be like, anyway. Um, I always, I always pictured it as omnivore, as much as us. Yeah, I, I, I would assume so, considering that you know most of the, the similarities. But you yeah, know, um, just I don't know. Yeah, the idea that that well, I think what drives me crazy about the whole Bigfoot thing is like everybody's like, yeah, there's no way that's real, dude. There are so many things that that we don't understand that are on this planet right now. I mean, come on. There, There is there's something called a platypus that checks every box known to man about what kind of animal it is, so I'm pretty sure there's probably some even weirder stuff. I'm just saying. And it, 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 it's not just that. I mean, it would be one thing if it was, like, endemic to one country. Like, it was like there, there were only Bigfoot legends here. But those legends are everywhere. We need to do another Sasquatch show soon. It's been yeah. a while since we've done some crypto. Yeah, actually, we do. Um, because, yeah, it's just one of those things where, I mean, and, and it's it's a hard one to research, again, because there's so much about it. But at the same time, when you really start digging, it's like pretty much every other myth and legend. Um, 
pretty much every well, the, pretty much every culture has them. Yeah, the thing about the Sasquatch and UFOs and everything else is kind of like the joke that we have on political Twitter right now is what's the difference between a conspiracy theory and a scientific fact? About eight months. <laughs> so, that's that's actually fairly accurate right now. I know that's what I was, you know is you. We, I was joking about it during the Chinese balloon thing too. It's you know, in the 1950s. No, silly, you didn't see a UFO. That's a uh, weather balloon. Now it's like, no, you didn't see a Chinese spy balloon. That's a UFO. It's opposite. It's opposite. Now, yeah. now they're trying to convince you it's a UFO when it's actually a Chinese spy balloon. Um, so, so many memes have come out about that. One of my favorite one is the freaking the beaver from Bucky's. <laughs> The, yeah, the, the gas station chain that's like right. endemic to Texas and a few other places. That's <laughs> like Texas's response to the Chinese, to Chinese balloons is is lifting off right now, and it's the giant beaver. It's like, oh man. <laughs> oh, and before we came on the show too, while we're talking about conspiracy theories, there was another train wreck with um, toxic chemical Dude, in Ohio the, that is cracked. This is on purpose. There's no way it's not. Yeah. And- you know, I've got a, a friend who's just who's completely pulled himself out of political Twitter for personal reasons, and but he still drops in every now and then. And when I saw this before we came on, he dropped in the Discord channel. Ohio Cell wins again. Ohio, and you're right. This is just uh, the Ohio Cell, meaning that whatever leftist cell that's in Ohio that is trying to push whatever they are, you know, whatever agenda is going to come from these. And you know what? It's they're not that uncommon, but the thing is, is that we have such a heightened awareness of them, and it's constantly being toxic chemicals right now. You know, it's not like an Amtrak. Remember when Amtrak's couldn't stay on the rails for more than five minutes a few years ago, especially yeah. Stella. Well, now we're now we're doing this again, but now with like highly toxic chemicals in Ohio. So we're hyper aware to it. But on the other hand, too, it's not this common. It's not uncommon, but it's not this common. You know, where we're what are we three? In four, four weeks? Yeah, I was going to say, we're up to, what, three in four weeks, I think? Counting this most recent one? And they've all been toxic spills? In the same general vicinity, no less? Yeah, Al, the left does live choo-choos, and that's why they're going to use them as their WMD. Why uh, Ohio, though? I Ohio hasn't invaded the world yet. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why Ohio, but yeah, I, I have some friends up that way, so I'm kind of concerned that. Did they, you just do the Frankie Avalon from Back to the Beach? Did I? Did I? I didn't. Why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, did I ever leave Ohio? Uh, no, that was. It what, like that. That okay. wasn't what I was trying to do. It almost came out that way, but no, not exactly. Okay. Yeah, what I actually said was, I have no idea why only Ohio. <laughs> I'm sure it's happening other places too, but it, we're just again hyper focused on Ohio. Yet, <laughs> yeah, Ohio has invaded you. I don't know, but people keep sending them chemical trains. They may eventually invade. <laughs> yeah, you know, fuck around, find out. We are here soon. Soon, all will be Bucky's and Buckeyes. Yeah, it's kind of like you remember the crazy hot scale. Now you have the fuck around. Yeah. You have the fuck around to find out scale. <laughs> oh, but yeah, dude, crazy hot scale, so much fun. Yeah, 
So what do you got going on this week? Uh, well, this week I'm going to be editing for Loftus tomorrow, and then you and Bunny are kicking off on Monday again. That's right. If you hadn't heard, if you haven't been paying attention, FUBAR is returning. We are going to start off with every other week because Sam's old. And, um, pretty sure, pretty sure she's younger than you. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so we're bringing back FUBAR, and that'll be on Monday nights at 9 p.m. in Eastern. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm sure she's got something to say. She's got words. She usually does. I just realized yeah. I have to like dust off you guys' intro and stuff. I haven't had to look for it in forever. Because the last. Well, one... I was laughing, but I mean, before she even told me, she told you a DM room was created and she was dropping uh, bumpers. Nice. Yeah, I was at work. I come back. I see two chat rooms. One, you know, that she wants to start doing Fubar again, and the other one, <laughs> she's dropping you and uh, bumpers. Yeah, it's not like she was excited at all or nothing. All right, so, uh, yeah, and then I'll be doing Tuesday night with Stacy. I'm sure we'll get a CPAC recap, which, from what I heard, was a snooze fest this year. So I'm kind of glad I didn't waste the trip. Um, yeah, I am, too. Because, yeah, apparently it was, a, it was a ghost town compared to what it's usually like. So, I don't know. I, uh, and, you know, well, I'll let Stacy talk about it because I don't want to start crossing too far into political stuff because we've already kind of done that a couple times. Really, cool yeah, stuff. we we danced around it. We probably shouldn't have tonight. Try to keep the show not political, except for when the conspiracy requires it to be. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm still working on the next installment of what we've been talking about. With that, that'll probably be ready in another couple of weeks too. So the Circle K theory. Yep. I mean the Golden Circle theory. Yeah. The circle K. Theory. I hate you right now. That was good, though. <laughs> hey <-o. laughs> Oh. Everybody liked that. Everybody liked that meme that I found the other day. It was like, now we know what started Ordy, Ordy Packard down the path of his <laughs> life behind Sir <Circle> Okay. <sighs> nice. Yeah, also got a uh, culture shift this week. Oh, yeah. It's your own week for that. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, then we'll also you have. You know, Wednesday night with me. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not you know, we we do that every Wednesday. Oh, every Wednesday. So see, I I don't get I don't get mentioned anymore because it's weekly with me. I see how it is. Only focus on the biweekly folks. I see how it is. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you bring it up? No, you didn't. I was about to, and then you jumped there. <laughs> so so hey, um, when are you and Jen coming back? How's that working? Um, we have talked about it a couple of times, and then not much else has come from that. I think right now she's trying to figure out if she can still do uh, Thursday, because right now it would be about the only night that would be open. Uh, plus, her and Jody are actually starting to uh, knock around another uh, possible show, too. So I think I want to let them kind of get that one fleshed out and figure out what we're going to do with that one before I start pushing her about ours. Because... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I, I'm on here all the time. <laughs> you just don't have to hear me every day. Just okay. saying. It's kind of getting back to that point again. <laughs> yeah, but you can play Surviving the Abyss while pushing buttons. This is true. This yeah. is true. Anyway. All right. All right. So, yeah. yeah. That was good stuff. Got, got, got another Anywho, as we would say. Just got another new juxtaposition in the books. I miss her. I, who are we missing? 
Blue. Oh, yeah. I do miss Blue. I do miss Blue. She pops in on Discord every Yeah, every once in a while. Proof of life. Anyway, we miss you, Lou. Come back to us. We love you. I wish Jeff can have a Monday show and stuff. Whatever it is he's doing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, do I really want to start doing that one again? Do I really? <laughs> that was a fun show. That was that was a hard show to do. I mean, you think you and I do research for jucks. That show was holy crap, especially when we were like deep diving into an APT or something. Yeah, I'm a nerd, and sometimes you guys even lost me. I was like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna wait and listen to this one when I'm more awake. <laughs> <laughs> You're never that awake. Yeah, I, I actually found that out the hard way. There was one of your shows I tried to listen to three different times, and I was like, eh, I keep zoning out. I can't do it. <laughs> It's like when you have Homer Simpson yelling nerd in my head, there's a problem. <laughs> That's fair. Anyway, so we should probably get out of here because uh, I have to. Yes. I have I have a gender reveal party to get to tomorrow, so I need to get to bed soon. Well, what you're saying is that edibles kicking in and you got the munchies. No, actually, I don't ever really get the munchies from the edibles, no, which is good because that just that just makes the the high last even longer. I have friends that are like, dude, how do you stay high off one of those things for like two, three hours? I was like, I don't ever eat like you guys do. Once you start eating, you kill the high slowly. <laughs> That's called portion control. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Back, back to the days when the amount of THC in some was not regulated and you either got dirt weed or holy shit, <laughs> I cannot feel my face. I've actually, I've actually Time to sit down on the couch with a bag full of Cheetos and figure out which dot's going to become the Enterprise. So you know, usually when I when I first started, you know, once I got my card and stuff, I was always with a group when I was smoking. So it was usually one of those things where you know, puff puff give. Um, the first time I tried to smoke one of the one of the the ones I was talking about, the infused uh, pre rolls by myself. I swear to God, by the time I finished that I laid down, and I literally felt that, felt like I was floating. I was like, dude, I don't think I've ever been this high before. <laughs> you like when Homer Simpson fell asleep in the car and dreamed he was in a bed. Oh, dude, the, the best thing about that one, though, was it was a hybrid, so it was the mind high and the body high at the same time. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow, wow. All right, yeah, we should go. We're talking about weed again. <laughs> The show, this I swear to you, the show is not about weed all the time. But you know what would be an interesting dive? William Randolph Hearst and his uh, yellow journalism about marijuana. We actually should do that sometime because there is so much of that that has impacted this to the point, and nobody even realizes why it actually started in the first place because it had very little to do with marijuana and everything to do with him. Not just that, paper. Yeah. Just paper. Anyway, well, yeah, we you know what? Let's put that on the docket. Yeah. Uh, actually, okay. we, we could probably have that one ready in a couple okay. of weeks, unless you got another one you want to do first. Um, let's talk about that. Okay. We, all right. We'll figure it out. Okay. Also, we got an upcoming show where two. I wanted to do a special thing on uh, two bizarre places, and Jeff just happens to live near one of them. So when the weather gets better, we may have Jeff do a live remote. 
that would be absolutely amazing. That's going to be awesome. You know, Jeff, that guy that's on YouTube everywhere now. Yeah, you know. The YouTube star formerly known as Jeff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this particular episode of Juxtaposition. Thank you so much for joining us this Saturday night. We'll be back with you Monday evening. Uh, Ordy and Sam and I, and uh, we'll see you then. Bye. No hydro.